and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about postpartum hemorrhage and you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash pph or in the labour and delivery section of the Zero to Finals obstetrics and gynaecology book. So let's get straight into it. Postpartum hemorrhage shortened to PPH refers to bleeding after delivery of the baby and the placenta. It's the most common cause of significant obstetric hemorrhage or bleeding relating to pregnancy and is a potential cause of maternal death. Therefore, it needs to be taken very seriously. To be classified as postpartum hemorrhage, there needs to be a loss of 500 millilitres after a vaginal delivery or 1,000 millilitres after a caesarean section. It can be classified as minor postpartum hemorrhage or major postpartum hemorrhage. Minor postpartum hemorrhage is when there's less than 1,000 millilitres of blood loss and major postpartum hemorrhage is when there's over 1,000 millilitres of blood loss. Major postpartum hemorrhage can be further subcategorized as moderate postpartum hemorrhage with 1,000 to 2,000 millilitres of blood loss, or severe postpartum hemorrhage, which is over 2,000 millilitres of blood loss. It can also be categorised as primary postpartum hemorrhage, with bleeding within 24 hours of the birth, or secondary postpartum hemorrhage, where bleeding occurs from 24 hours to 12 weeks after birth. Let's talk about the causes. There are four causes of postpartum hemorrhage and these can be remembered with the four T's mnemonic. Tone, meaning uterine atony, where the uterus is not contracting properly and this is the most common cause. Trauma, for example a perineal tear. Tissue, meaning retained tissue from the placenta. And thrombin meaning a bleeding disorder. Next, let's talk about the risk factors. The risk factors for postpartum hemorrhage are previous postpartum hemorrhage, multiple pregnancy, meaning twins or triplets, obesity, a large baby, failure to progress in the second stage of labour, general anaesthesia, a prolonged third stage of labour, preeclampsia, placenta accreta, retained placenta and instrumental delivery meaning forceps or ventus or an episiotomy or perineal tear. Next let's talk about preventative measures. Several measures can be used to reduce the risk and the consequences of a postpartum hemorrhage and these include treating anemia during the antenatal period so treating anemia during pregnancy, giving birth with an empty bladder as a full bladder reduces uterine contractions, active management of the third stage of labour with an intramuscular oxytocin dose given in the third stage, and in patients having a caesarean section, intravenous tranexamic acid can be given during the third stage, during delivery of the placenta. Next let's talk about management. Postpartum hemorrhage is an obstetric emergency 
and needs to be managed by an experienced team involving senior midwives, obstetricians, anaesthetists, haematologists, blood bank staff and porters. Management to stabilise the patient involves resuscitation with an ABCDE approach, lie the woman flat, keep her warm and communicate with her and her partner, insert two large bore cannulas, blood tests for a full blood count, use and ease and clotting screen, group and save and cross-match four units of blood, warmed IV fluid and blood resuscitation as required, oxygen regardless of the oxygen saturations, and fresh frozen plasma can be used where there are clotting abnormalities or after four units of blood has been transfused. In severe cases, the major hemorrhage protocol needs to be activated. Each hospital will have a major hemorrhage protocol which gives rapid access to four units of cross-matched or O-negative blood. Let's talk about the treatment options to stop the bleeding. The treatment options for stopping the bleeding can be categorised as mechanical, medical or surgical. Mechanical treatment options involve rubbing the uterus through the abdomen to stimulate a uterine contraction and this is referred to as rubbing up the fundus. And urinary catheterization to empty the bladder as bladder distension prevents the uterus from contracting. Medical treatment options include oxytocin as a slow injection followed by a continuous infusion, ergometrine as a dose given intravenously or intramuscularly and this stimulates smooth muscle contraction and is contraindicated in hypertension or high blood pressure, carboprost which is given intramuscularly is a prostaglandin analogue that stimulates uterine contraction and this needs to be used with caution in asthma. Mesoprostol, which is given as a sublingual dose under the tongue, is also a prostaglandin analogue that stimulates uterine contraction and tranexamic acid, which is given intravenously and is an antifibrinolytic medication that stops blood clots from breaking down and reduces the bleeding. A Tom tip for you, the intravenous infusion of oxytocin is given as 40 units in 500 millilitres. You may hear midwives or obstetrician referring only to 40 units without specifying the drug. They're referring to an oxytocin infusion for postpartum hemorrhage. The surgical treatment options for a postpartum hemorrhage involve an intrauterine balloon tamponade which involves inserting an inflatable balloon into the uterus to press against the source of the bleeding, a B-Lynch suture which involves putting a suture around the uterus to compress it, uterine artery ligation which involves ligation of one or more of the arteries supplying the uterus to reduce the blood flow to the uterus or as a last resort a hysterectomy removing the uterus can be used and although this isn't ideal it may save the woman's life. Finally let's talk about secondary postpartum hemorrhage. 
Secondary postpartum hemorrhage is where bleeding occurs from 24 hours to 12 weeks after delivery of the baby. This is more likely to be due to retained products of conception or infection, for example endometritis, with infection in the endometrium. Investigations when bleeding continues after delivery of the baby include ultrasound to look for retained products of conception or parts of placental tissue still left in the uterus and endocervical and high vaginal swabs for infection. Management depends on the cause and may involve evacuation of the retained products of conception or antibiotics for infection. So thanks for listening to this episode on postpartum hemorrhage. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you like the podcast, I'd really appreciate a rating or a review on whichever podcast app you use. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about caesarean sections.